How many of you were in the Minor Prophets this week, read Hosea? Excellent, excellent. Well, the name of my sermon today is Hosea has something to say to us. And when I put that together Tuesday, I was feeling a little whimsical. I don't know what, <laughs> what the deal is. But anyway, but Hosea has something to say. So we are now in the Minor Prophets, and we will be for the next couple of weeks. I mean, months. And um, Jeremy did a great job with the introduction, talking about that sometimes we dismiss um, the prophets, but it's the Word of God. And it's important that we include that in our reading, and we do that. But, so, for an introduction today, for me, I would like to, if you were here for Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel, this will be a refresher. If you haven't, I'm going to talk to you about what a prophet is. People hear prophet and they think, for a prophet, they just predict the future. Okay? But that's not the job of the prophet. The office of the prophet is to speak the word of the Lord. A prophet says, thus saith the Lord. Or something similar to that, depending on your version of the Bible that you're reading. Okay? But that is the job of the prophet, is to speak the word of the Lord. Now, in order for the word of the Lord, because anybody can say that, you know? You know, hey, listen, God said that you, all of you need to give me $100 a piece. Uh, straight from the Lord, I'm just saying. And you'd be like, right. You know, right? So, there is such thing as false prophets. And so, Moses, when he was doing the law, when he, he's writing it, he reveals who's a right prophet of God and who's a false prophet. And basically it's this. They taste something that's going to happen in the future. And if it happens, then that means they are truly speaking the word of the Lord. That's why you have some of these prophets. They, they say something in the future. And they, and they say this is going to happen. And then it happens. In fact, if it didn't happen, then... Moses said they're supposed to be killed because they're a false prophet. So, where am I getting this from? Well, let's look at let's look at this Deuteronomy chapter eighteen, verses fifteen through twenty-two, and I'm reading from the NIV. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb. On the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. 
But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods is to be put to death. You may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously, so do not be alarmed. That's, that's the criteria that Moses laid down for prophets. Okay? And so, how, how do we determine the prophets that, were in, that made the book, as the case may be? They made the book. Well, they said something was going to happen, and it happened. Simple as that. So, um, let's look at the idea of prophets. So, a prophet's job is to speak the word of the Lord. What makes a successful prophet? Well, speaking the future and it happens. But what makes a prophet truly successful? Well, you could say, well, if people listen to him. Well, then that would mean make just about every prophet not successful. Because most of the time, prophets spoke and they were ignored. Or they were put to death or what have you. What makes a prophet successful in God's terms is they were faithful. They spoke the word of the Lord regardless of who was there. Okay, so now let's go to Hosea. First of all, the name Hosea in the Hebrew is, can be Yeshua or Hosea, depending on that. So, very close to like Joshua, very close like Jesus. Hosea, and his name is the Lord saves, which is very interesting when you, when you think about it. So, Hosea. Hosea is a prophet to Israel. And you go, well, of course. It's in the Bible. No, 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 no. This is the time of the divided kingdom. All right? This is the time. Remember, after Solomon it split into two kingdoms, you had the northern tribe, which was called Israel, northern ten tribes, and then the southern tribes, where Judah and Benjamin worked together. Let's look at a map here for just a second. You know, you knew I was going to get a map in here. So here is Palestine, as the case may be. And the northern tribes are right here. And the main area right here is known as, one of the tribes was known as Ephraim. Okay? This was one of the tribes, the, the capital city, if you will, of the northern tribes was a place called Samaria. And so oftentimes, when you were reading this week, you heard a mention of Ephraim. He wasn't just talking to one tribe. It was a reference to all of the northern tribes, but the Ephraim was the main big kahuna, as it were, of the ten tribes that were up there. So Ephraim, and that's where Samaria is, right there. All right, then you have Judah. Now, this map is during the time... Of Jeroboam the second. Now, why is that important? 
Well, okay, so when you started out in chapter 1, Hosea tells you when he was a prophet, okay? And he tells you that his, his message is to Israel, to the northern, not the southern. Now, he mentions Judah as a side in some of those things. He'll be like, you know, Ephraim or Israel, you're going to get it. And he, Judah, you're going to get yours too. And then he just keeps going on. And his message is to, his main message is to the northern tribes. Okay? Because he's from there. Alright? So, he is, his message is that unless you repent, unless you repent, you will be taken away. And that's exactly what happens. Okay? That's exactly what happens. But his message is during the time of Jeroboam II. Now, Jeroboam II was a time of prosperity for the northern tribes. Okay? Began with his grandfather. It had been really, really beaten down. It was very small during the time of Elisha. A ram took up here forced down here and remember the story of Elisha and Samaria is in captivity and they're surrounded and they're about ready to be taken over and then Elisha a prophet says tomorrow you'll be eating and drinking and one of the other prophets says oh no that's not going to happen he goes yeah you're going to get trampled (laughs) and of course that all happens so that makes Elisha a prophet that who's really speaking the word of the Lord. So after that, Jeroboam was, began expanding, and you had a king down here, King Uzziah in Judah. And during that time, their expansion, their growth as nations, almost got to the point of the time of Solomon and David. So. Things are going pretty well. There's some comfort there. And if you ever want to tell somebody something bad's going to happen when things are going really well, that's a tough gig. Okay? That's a really, really tough gig. And so there is prosperity in both of this time. But Hosea is determined to be faithful. Okay? Now, Here's the gig. When you're a prophet, sometimes God wants you to speak, and sometimes he wants you to be an object lesson. We find this in Ezekiel. We find this in in, in several other prophets. God asks you to do something. And for Hosea, he is told by God to marry a woman of adultery. Okay? She is going to fool around on you. So those of you that were getting ready to get married, did you think, they said, hey, I'm going to fool around on you during this time. You go, uh, maybe I'll go with someone else. I mean, just as somebody. Now, question is, was she a woman of harlotry before he married her? There's lots of discussion about that. I seem to think that this is one of the uh, prophecies, if you will, that 
God knew that she would be unfaithful before, afterwards. I mean, we, she could have been one of the prostitute, shrine prostitutes. We don't know for sure whether she was involved in that first. But in the, in the language, in the Hebrew language, it's identified. It looks like Hosea's first son, Jezreel, is his son. I mean, it's pretty, talks about that he's with his wife and she bears him the first, a son. They have three children. First one is a guy, second one's a girl, th- third one's a guy. Boy, girl, boy. How would we like that? That's going be great the way it is. All right, so um, they named the first one Jezreel because God is saying as an object lesson, your first son will be Jezreel because I'm going to pu- punish the house of Jehu, whom Jeroboam the second is of. Okay, so he's, he's already, Hosea is already endearing himself to, to the leadership in northern Israel because he's saying, hey, we're going to punish your line. And actually that happens after Jeroboam II, his son only reigns six months and he's assassinated. Again, something he said happens. All right? So these are, these are parts that he's saying happens, happens. And because this is during the lifespan of Hosea, he's proven correct. And that means... Just like Moses is telling him, you should listen to him. Okay? And then he has, a, he has a second. But the second and third, the language is sort of a question whether these are actually Hosea's kids. Okay? And the second one, is the, woman, the girl, is, is named Lohama. Okay? Anybody want to name their daughter Lohama? Yeah, probably not. It means not loved. Wow, that's a tough gig. Not loved, come here. Not loved, come here. Because what he's saying is that there's going to be a decision by God to not care for them, okay? Because of what their, their actions and then the last son he has is called Lo-Ami. Lo-Ami means you're not my people. Because of the way you're acting, you're not my people. You're supposed to be the people of God, and you know you're turning out to be the people of Baal. Or you're picking the God of the weak to follow. Okay? And so there is an edict here where God is saying, I told you to follow me, you're not following me. So let's look at an example of what Hosea is telling Israel. And I'm, going to, I'm just going to take six verses. This, this, the, rest of the, the rest of this sermon is just six verses. So we'll be done in no time. Ha. All right. So turn to Hosea chapter 4. It'll be the first three verses of chapter 4. This is one of his things. Remember... When you look at this, oftentimes these are a accumulation of, of the speeches, of the talking of one of the prophets, what they're saying. Okay? These are a number of them. It's not all at one time. Can you imagine Isaiah saying, preaching all of Isaiah 
66 chapters, people, you know. So there's just a compilation of the different things. So here we go. Hosea says this. <laughs> like a prophet. Hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. So what he is saying, Hosea is saying, hey, God is bringing an indictment on you, on what you're doing. This is a legal term. You are getting brought before the court because there are some charges against you, nation of Israel. This is strong language. And he says this. There is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. There is only cursing, lying, murder, stealing, and adultery. They break all bounds. And bloodshed follows bloodshed. Because of this, the land dries up and all who live in it waste away. The beasts of the field, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea are swept away. Those are the three. Those, that's one of the things he's saying is going to happen. All right? Because of their actions. So let's look at these. God tells Israel there's no faithfulness. The word here means steadfastness and trust. Second one, there's no love. The word here in the Hebrew is hesed. Now, hesed is not just love. Hesed is mercy, compassion, caring, long-term. Okay, this is, well, I love you, and no, I don't love you. I love you, I don't know. No, this is, I love you, and I'm going to continue loving you. This is what said. the whole, you bring in that word said, and that gives you so much more than just love, especially the way we use love. I love tacos. Okay. But do I really love tacos? Or I just, they taste good. I love barbecue. I may be a little bit closer to said. Just saying. Anyway, so um, mercy, compassion, love, grace, and faithfulness all can be translated has said in the Hebrew. But none of these completely summarize the concept. Has said is not merely an emotion or a feeling, but involves action on behalf of someone who is in need. Has said describes a sense of love and loyalty. That inspires merciful and compassionate behavior toward another person or God. Okay? That's exactly what he's saying. There's no said. There's no love in Israel. People don't care about each other. Then he says, there's no acknowledgement of God. There's no mention of Yahweh. They're not looking at him. They're not talking about them. They're not thinking about them. They're not, they don't care. Next one is cursing. Now, this isn't cursing as in, you know, say a beep. You know, in that, so cursing is people are using their words to speak evil 
to another person or wanting something bad to happen, that kind of a curse. You know, the, the old lady, I curse you. You know, that sort of thing, that sort of thing. This is the cursing that he's talking about. And then there's lying. There's murder. There's stealing. There's adultery. This is they break all bounds. This is like they don't pay attention to commitments. Okay? He talks about, talks about leaders moving boundary stones at night. That's not doing, being committed to what you say you're going to do. You're yes, yes, but no, no. And bloodshed follows bloodshed. When I read that this week, <laughs> I said something kind of flippantly, and I said, gosh, that sounds like America right now. And then I went, wait. That's exactly what's going on in America today. Every single one of these is happening in increasing and increasing measures. And that, okay, there's a few things that we know about God. We don't know everything about God because we just know what he's revealed to us, okay? And here, one of the things we know without a shadow of doubt is that God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He doesn't just never change. So, if he is pronouncing wrath on the northern ancient Israel for what they've done, even though they're his people, he's making them not his people, how is he going to treat the United States in the 21st century. This should concern you. Since Roe v. Wade in 1973, we have murdered somewhere around 63 million babies. I'm sorry, but I don't think that's escaping God's view. We have no morality. You can lie to save your skin. You can lie to get a contract. You can lie and then, well, it's for my benefit. Now we're talking about stealing stuff from people. Taking stuff away from them. Oh, well, you owe me reparations. Wait, wait, what? I mean... Any kind of all, I mean, you look all through all of these. We have the murder rates going sky high. Guys, we are northern, we're Israel. Back in the day. And this should scare you. Hosea is still talking. He's talking to us. This is Jeremy said this is the word of God. It doesn't change. This should concern us. So what are we gonna do about it? What are we gonna do about it? Let's turn to chapter six. And the first three verses here. This is what 
Hosea's suggestion, command what the northern tribe, Israel, should do. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. And remember, that's capital L, capital O-R-D. He's saying the word. He's saying the name Yahweh. Let's acknowledge Yahweh. Not Baal, not Molech, not any of those other hosts of heaven that that has come up and infiltrated the northern tribes. He said, let us acknowledge the Lord. Yahweh, let us press on to acknowledge Him. As surely as the sun rises, He will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. Guys, if Israel, ancient Israel, and the U.S. of A. are in the same plight. What we need to do is take on Hosea's invitation. Take on Hosea's information and say, let us return to the Lord. Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1 says the major edict against people who have turned away from God as they do not acknowledge God as God or give him thanks. We need to start acknowledging God. And anymore, that's becoming more and more difficult. You mention God in the marketplace and they dismiss you as a quacko. can hardly mention God in schools. We, we've taken out prayer. We've, we need to start speaking of God. We need to be acknowledging God and we need to give him thanks. You know what? There are times when I get how should I say this? Whiny. Have this little pity party. Oh, God, why are you putting me through this? Why do I have the blank, fill in the blank, blah. And then I start reading God's word. I start returning to him. I start talking about God. And I go, you know what? I've got a house. I've got a beautiful wife. I've got an amazing dog. I've got clothes. I've got vehicles. I'm wealthier than 99.5% of the people in the world. I need to start being grateful. I need to count my blessings. And I start counting my blessings. All of a sudden, I'm not so whiny anymore. I have peace when I start being grateful. And thankful. Just like John said. That peace and chance. I can pray to God about the situation I'm going through. Sure. Maybe you should pray. Well, a novel idea. That's acknowledging God. God, I'm in this situation. I need help. That helps us bring us closer to God. 
And the thing that Hosea is saying here in chapter 6 is that he'll show up. He'll show up. One of the great things we know about God is that he's faithful. He's faithful. You cry out to God, he'll show up. That is what we need today. And you know what? Just like Hosea, speaking the word of the Lord to Israel, there will be many that will ignore. Ignore us. Ignore the word of God. To their own peril. How do we, how do we, how do we change how do we return? How do we have repentance in this country? I'd love to have the Holy Spirit break out in revival. I've been praying for revival for a long time. But I'm convinced right now is one person at a time. That's how these things start. When you start being faithful, when you're speaking truth, when you are living to give God glory and honor with your life, people notice. They notice the peace you have. They notice the joy you have. And they go, I want that. Listen, when you point to God, people notice. They notice. Doesn't mean you have to be successful, just like any prophet. You just have to be faithful. I don't care what anybody else is going to do. I'm going to do this. Why? Because God deserves it. Because God's honor is at stake. Because He died for me so that I could have a relationship for eternity. That sounds like a pretty good deal. That is how we turn it around. If we don't turn it around, okay. But I don't suspect that we'll be around much longer. I hate to say that because I do love my country. But you know what? God's not going to stand for this. Look, think of all the prophets that we have in the Bible. We had one successful prophet, and he was bugged about it. We'll talk about that. Jonah. Right? Because <laughs> God relents, destroying Nineveh. Because God is faithful. He says, man, you turn it around, I will stop on the wrath. And Jonah says, I knew you were going to do that. Dang it. He's all bugged. And so the prophets are saying, if you don't do this, you don't come back to the Lord, you're going to cease to exist as a country. Northern tribes never came back. Did you know that? There were people of the northern tribes that came back after the Babylonian captivity. But you never see that northern part again as a nation. Same could happen to us. And unless we change, it's only a matter of time.
So don't freak out, because God's still God. He's still on the throne. You just have to be faithful. Don't be afraid to speak the name of the Lord, because he wins. He wins. That means you've got to get your life straight, too. You've got to do it. You can't give somebody else what you don't have, right? I mean, it kind of falls on deaf ears. You know, you're smoking a cigarette. You know, you should quit smoking. It's not good for your health. What? They're good, like, uh, okay, thank you. S- same thing, you know, any number of things. You cannot tell people about Jesus unless you really think Jesus is all, all that cool. You know, He's gotta be, you gotta be, you got to be involved. You've got to be doing this daily. You've got to be living that life. Otherwise, people are going to see you as a fake. And we don't want to be a fake. We want to give God honor and glory. Man, I pray that every day. God, I want to give your name a good name. Truly. And I get scared when I don't. When I act like a whiny baby. Or when I say things out of my mouth, I go, what is this? It's not acting like a follower of God. Jesus wouldn't want that. What do you think? Sound good? Can we return to the Lord? Can we have repentance? You not only will save yourself, but you just might save another person for a life, eternity with God. And it might just be that we do it, we could save this country. Won't you stand? Who knew that a minor prophet could be so much fun? <laughs> Let me pray for you. After I finish praying, remember we've got the missions committee. If you want to come, it's going to be in the institute, not in the... Uh, Fellowship Hall. If you need prayer, our elders will be up front. They will be happy to pray with you. If you need an intercession for other people, for yourself, for health, for anything, we'll be happy to pray. If you say, oh, I don't have time right now, make sure you put a prayer in the box because elders would love to pray for you anyway, even if you can't come down. No biggie. Father God, we come before you. Father God, your word will stand forever. And we stand convicted, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. We are a people of untruth. We don't acknowledge you. We steal, we lie, we murder. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to be like Hosea, where we speak truth, where we point people in the direction of following you and loving you and acknowledging you and making you the Lord of our life. Help us, Lord, because you are the one that brings success. We just have to be faithful. Help us to be faithful, Lord. We need to be to give you glory and honor. Help us, guide us, direct us, In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.